Welcome to the Boom X Show Laws of Money podcast. I am in Dallas, Texas, no longer in Puerto Rico, at least for this week. I'm in a very cool HubSpot podcast studio with a guest who is going to teach us what we need to know, or at least introduce us to the idea of investing real estate in something other than a REIT. I'm talking actual real estate dirt on the ground in a way that could change your retirement, start a new business, give you opportunities that you never thought possible. Welcome, BoomXers. Let's throw out the old playbook. It's time to tear down the traditional way of looking at your life and money. And leverage the laws of money to our advantage. That's right. There are actually laws of money, and those who learn them and leverage them win. Stay tuned as asset protection attorney Daryl Tuttle, educator and leader of the BoomX Nation, shows us how. Okay, welcome back. We have a great show. There's so much to talk about. I'm so excited. I'd like to introduce my guest. In fact, I'm going to have my guest introduce himself. Yeah, my name is Dustin Heiner. I'm a real estate investor, and I was blessed to be able to quit my job when I'm 37 years old and not work a job because I bought real estate that makes me money every single month. That's how I'm able to afford my bills. And then was able to fire my boss and become successfully unemployed, I like that term. And with that, now I just get to go to the gym, hang out with my family, and come on podcasts and talk to great people like you. So it's a blessing. <laughs> I'm curious, so you're 37 years old. I'm always interested in young entrepreneurs because candidly, I got a late start. <laughs> so how is it that a man, when did you first get the notion 37 years old. So where do you live? Tell me that. Let's start there. Yeah. So I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, wow. When I okay. first started investing, that was in 2008. And I lived in California. And I couldn't buy properties in California and make money. Because my goal is to make passive income. Right. Buy right. one property, make money on top of the expenses, buy the rent. But I couldn't buy in California because it was so expensive, like in 2008. And so I went to Ohio. And I started buying properties in out of state. So now I invest in Texas, Ohio, and Arizona. Wow. Is real estate like the first place you started or did you? No, no. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds? Yes. And at the same time, starting businesses. So let me give you a quick story of what like catapulted me or shoved me into becoming a real estate investor. So the fast forward, the, the end is where I quit my job when I was 37 years old. And but before that, I've always been entrepreneurial starting businesses, that type of thing. And so I even had a newspaper route. This is where you ride bikes and newspapers aren't around anymore, but you would take newspapers and throw them at 5 a.m. and bang them on garage doors. And I did that. I had a graphic and website design company. I even had a skateboard manufacturing business that I started from the ground up. I even had a convenience store and a pizzeria. So I started all these businesses, but at the same time, I was also working a, I call it a dead-end J-O-B, a just over broke job. But I'm following the path that we are all taught. So we're all taught this same path. So you go to school, you get good grades. Then you get those good grades, you go to college, and you get good grades again, and you get thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Then you take that piece of paper that you get, that degree, and then you go and try to find a job at another company and work there 40 plus years, and then retire when you're 65, and try to live on what you managed to save that entire time working that just over broke job. So I'm doing that exact same thing because that's the only thing I know but I'm also trying to businesses they weren't making much money but at least I was trying so you now all this I'm doing this entire thing I started working at a local county government in California and this local county government doing IT work like the most risk averse job 
local county government in California, IT or technology, well, you know, that's not going away. And so yeah. I'm doing that work in nine to five and it was a good job and all. And so at the same time, I bought one rental property. How old are you at this point? That's what I want to know. Yeah, good question. I want to say I was 27. 27. 26 or 27. Okay, before you go on, how old were you when you did the web design company? Oh, that was in college. So I was probably about 19. How many businesses had you actually started by the time you started this government job? Yeah. I want to say I probably started at least two, no, three. Three companies before the government job, if not a fourth one. But I'm good at starting businesses. I love doing that. Yeah. And so I realized that I need to start getting more full into something specifically. And so I started a brick and mortar business, like a convenience store when I was a little older, like 25. But buying that first rental property, it was passive. Like I bought the property and I made, I remember that first check was like $318 or something like that from the difference from the expenses and the income. Oh. That difference is passive income that comes to me. And I said, I need to buy more of these and I need to become an investor. But here, Carol, I, like literally life got in the way. My wife and I started having kids, work was getting more busy and all that sort of stuff. And so even though I knew I needed need to be an investor, I put that off. But here's the story that really catapulted me into becoming an investor. So I was working my regular nine to five job. My wife and I started having kids, many kids, and we got to our fourth child and I went on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and bonds with the baby and all that good stuff. And so I am there for two weeks and then I go back to work. And that week that I go back to work on a Friday, at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's secretary, like the top dog, and she says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, sure. And then I hung up the phone. And I Ruh -ruh. thought, yeah, I was like, uh-oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Number one, like, this isn't normal. What's going on here? And then I've seen plenty of movies. Getting a call at 3.30 on a Friday isn't very good. And then as I'm sitting there, I pause and I remembered about two months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors or some rumbling going on that there could potentially be layoffs in the county because, or my department because they were running low on funds. And I immediately shook that off. I said, there's no way. I've been here 12, 15 years. I have so much seniority. My bosses think I do a great job, so there's no way. Then I get up and I start walking down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, this hallway isn't very long, but it's actually short. But every single step that I took, it felt like the hallway got longer and longer. <laughs> like one of those and longer. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. And it felt like yeah. my feet became lead bricks as I, because it was just starting to weigh on me that I could potentially lose my job. Well, I get down the corner or down the hallway and I turn the corner. And I see my boss's door. His door is closed and his secretary looks at me. She's super sweet, nice old lady. And she sheepishly grins and says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And so I go and take my seat. She's trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about yeah. what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I go and I take my seat and I start thinking about, oh my goodness, if I lose my job here, all that plan that I've been told, go to school, get grades and get a career, if that's taken away from me, did I just waste my life on this? And then I thought, oh my goodness, if I can't make money, how am I going to feed my family? I have four kids now. How am I going to feed them? Does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? Well, as I'm sitting there, 
the weight of everything is crushing down on me. My hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because it's just getting so much nerves coming up. And then the door to my boss's office opens up. And out walks a lady, a coworker of mine, with a piece of paper in her hand. <laughs> she is noticeably distraught. She's noticeably upset. You can tell her world has been rocked. She's not necessarily crying, but it's bad. You can tell it's coming. It's right? coming. Uh, yeah. She passes by me, and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into the office? And I said, okay. And I get up and go into his office, and I get laid off. And Daryl, remember. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. No, this is the weird. government. This is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but yeah. I did. And so if it happened to me, it can happen to anybody. And this is why I'm telling the story. So I walk back to my desk after getting laid off, and I sit down, and I realize two things sitting there at my desk. The first one was that I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide for my family. So I was really, really blessed. Praise the Lord to find another job in the same county a different oh. department. They weren't having the same troubles. And so I was blessed. Check out that one. But sitting in that chair, the second thing that I realized, this is what I'm trying to, this is the reason, reason why I'm, I'm telling this story is that I need to make sure that this never ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, sitting there in that chair, I realized that now I am, I need to be an investor. Because remember, I wanted to be an investor, but life got in the way. Now I said, I'm going to change. If anybody ever asks me the question, because we all get the same question, what do you do? They say, Dustin, what do you do? I would normally say, I work for the local county government. I do IT work for the local county government. I'm basically projecting my job as the value that I put on myself. My value doesn't come from my job. My value comes from my family, from my God, and from myself. So right then and there, sitting in that chair, just getting laid off, I said, every single time somebody asks me the question, what do you do? I will always respond, I am an investor. So I'll quickly fast forward the story. I started this new job, started working there, and then I started buying property after property after property, telling everybody that I am an investor. And then eventually I had 30 plus properties and I was like, my goodness, I can move on. And so I went to my new boss after having 30 plus properties, it took me about six years to get there. And when I was 37 years old, I said, hey boss, I'm laying you off. And he goes, Dustin, what are you gonna do? And I said. I don't have to do a thing. I literally own real estate. It makes money for me without working. And now I will never need a job again. So I'll round out the story by saying, if you remember that short hallway that I walked down that got longer and longer, I walked away from my job for the very last time. I worked in downtown. It was a mile and a half walk. I've done it a thousand times. I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never ever need a job again. And everybody here listening, you need to realize that your value is so much more than anybody could ever pay you. And this is how you'll definitely know this. Your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money is taking money out of their pocket. So if you got paid for how much you're worth or how much your value is, they'll go broke. And so what I decided to do and why I'm encouraging everybody now is to realize there are other ways to make money for yourself and your family. For me, it was real estate. Eventually I had 30 plus properties, making me a minimum of $250 a month for each property. Eventually 30 plus properties, I'm like, I don't need to work anymore. So I was able to quit. So I'll pause the story because you probably got plenty of questions. I do. The thing that I was thinking about as you were telling the story is, yeah, but I'm going to push back because that's what lawyers do, right? <laughs> but you're an entrepreneurial guy. Like you're painting the story as if you're a government employee, which you were. And there are tons of my listeners. In fact, most of my listeners, by the way, have a different time 
horizon than you do a time frame because they are already retired and i can tell you that the lion's share of them worked that career for 40 years and now a lot of them have saved quite a bit of money and the thing that interests me and how i can benefit my audience is to throw out the radical concept that it doesn't have to be what your financial advisor says for your ira and we'll talk about the law of self-directed iras here in a minute but do you think that this is something a person could do in retirement who just doesn't really look at themselves as having that entrepreneurial zeal. Like you, your personality clearly has that. So what do you think? Well, yes, I'll say two things. Totally yes, 100%. And the second thing to add to that, I've coached many people who have already been retired. They say, I wanna make sure that I have generational wealth that I could pass down to my kids. Not necessarily they need it right now, but they know that eventually they're going to pass on and they would love to be able to give something to their kids. And so I've literally coached hundreds, if not thousands of students now, and they start from, you know, somebody wants to quit their job to they're already retired and they know that, hey, man, inflation is going up. I need to start making more money somehow. And right. so I need to start having money coming in. So all the above. So 100 percent. Yes. And but thinking about the entrepreneurial type of attitude, it is not necessary that you need an entrepreneurial attitude at all. It is risk tolerance. I'll give you an example. And obviously I just gave the story. So I realized after I got laid off, it was more risky working that job at a local county government in California doing IT work. It's more risky doing that than putting my life in something like real estate investing that I can control. I can make sure that I buy the right properties because we could definitely get into how to make sure you're buying the right properties, making a minimum of $250 a month in passive income from every property. And from there, being able, if you want to quit or if you want to give it on to your kids, you can. But what I was able to do was to build a business or build the ability to make money without working for somebody else. So when I answer this idea of entrepreneurial versus you were going to retire or anything like that, what it really comes down to is what is your idea of risk? My idea of risk is giving somebody the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So fast forward now, anybody and everybody can invest in real estate. It's really simple. Like I'm not that smart. You're 100% smart, 100% smarter than me. And everybody else on your podcast, listen, is 100% smarter than me. I just figured this out. And Daryl, this is so awesome. I love this. So I just said I'm not that smart, which I'll explain why. Numbers literally go in my brain and they flutter away. They disappear. It's just how my brain works. It's sad, but real estate investing is so simple. All it comes down to is addition, subtraction, and a little bit of multiplication. So addition, you add up all your expenses. So I do not buy a property if it's going to lose me money every single month in passive income. So I add up all my expenses from your mortgage to your insurance, to your taxes, vacancy factor, repairs, capital expenses, like all these things, we add all those up. And we do not buy the property unless we could rent it 
right then the very very first day that we take ownership of that property we do not buy it unless we can make 250 dollars or more in passive income so in 2008 i bought my first property no 2006 i think bought my first property started investing through 2008 the great thing about investing in real estate is that because i have been able to now buy properties and make sure that I'm making money every single month in passive income, whether the market goes up, whether the market goes down, or the market goes sideways, I still make money because I invest for passive income, not for appreciation. Back in 2008, when the crash happened, there were so many real estate investors that literally went bankrupt. I didn't, I made so much more money because that, like I said, it's addition, subtraction, and a little bit of multiplication add up all your expenses. Then you talk to your experts, your property manager and say, how much can I rent it for? And if you could rent it for $250 or more in passive income, then you buy it. And then the multiplication is just a little, you know, subtract the difference. Then the multiplication is super simple. If you could buy one property that makes you $250 a month in passive income, that's $3,000 a year without working. If you buy 10 properties, that's $2,500 a month in passive income. $30,000 a year without working, 20 properties, $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year without working. And it's a system that you need to put into place. And once you have this business built, you just buy more properties and put into the business. Okay, so let's do a shout out real fast because I don't want to forget. You're, you're getting excited, you're talking very, very quickly. I love it, it's like <laughs> sipping water from a fire hydrant though. That's my style. Yep. Let's stop about what is the resource before we go any further. It sounds like you're also doing an online academy where my listeners can tap the brakes after this is over and say, okay, I want to learn about this before I jump into it. I'm assuming like you have templates and spreadsheets that they can figure out how to do it. 100%. In fact, I do coaching. I have group membership or courses and group coaching where I coach lots of people at one time. But even before you get in there, I want to give all your listeners a free real estate investing course. It will oh, show perfect. you everything from building the business to buying the right properties, making money every single month. So if they text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, rental to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll give it to you. I'll show you how to find an area of the country to invest. Is, anywhere is that in the, the domain name? No, just text. Oh, text. Yeah, text, yeah. Text. Okay. But it, yeah, you can also go to masterpassiveincome.com. That's my website. Forward slash free course. Masterpassiveincome.com. Forward slash free course. I'll literally give it to you. Show you how to build the business first. How to buy the right properties that make you $250 a month. How to scale your business so that they can also give it to their kids, quit your job, whatever it might be. And with that, what you're going to do is you're going to be able to make sure that you have a business that makes you money every single month in passive income. But yeah. Uh, text the word rental to 33777. Okay, so I'm going to do that myself. So if you are BoomX listener and, and you're thinking about it, don't even scare yourself to say, like, this is something I want to do because that might be too much of a leap for you right at this particular minute. I can will concede and I will admit that I am interested in doing this for myself, but the idea of where I am in my life right now to actually go out and buy real estate, it, it's frightening to me, actually. Here's what I like about it. I can at least learn something for free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to invest in myself for sure. And I think my listeners, most of them are in the BoomX Academy. They're already spending 44 bucks a month for weekly office hours and they're taking the courses and whatnot on topics related to asset protection. But this is a free course. Totally. Like to get introduced to the idea 
So at least for no other reason, just to have it in your data bank of conversation and financial and even legal literacy, you took the course and you know it now. Now, one thing that I, what I don't like about what's going on in the market today and in the retirement industry is financial advisors make money based upon assets under management. And so they have a built-in incentive to tell their clients stay in the market. Even when there's an adjustment going on right now, right? Yes. Like the stock market's down, like Bitcoin, the Bitcoin guys, they're like down 55% and they're still... They're still trying to tell you, go back into it. I know, so now what I do though, because I've lost plenty of money in the stock market, I've lost plenty of money in crypto, but what I do not lose money in is my real estate investing. Because remember, what we're doing is we're creating a business that makes us money. Let me give you a quick example, because if you listen to my podcast, either my YouTube channel, or anything like that, you'll hear me say this over and over and over again. We need to build the business first. Now, let me give you a quick example of what that means or what that looks like when you're investing in real estate. So if you're going to start a convenience store, you know, candy bars, soda machines, and all that good stuff, you're not going to sign a lease on a location, open the doors, and set a box of candy bars in there on the ground. No, you wouldn't do that. you go out of business in two seconds. But what you would do is you would build the business first. You get the gondolas. Those are just shelving units that all the candy bars go on, countertops, cold storage bank accounts, cash registers, employees, insurance, everything before you bought any inventory. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business first, have experts that run the business for us, and then every property that we buy, that is a piece of inventory that you put into your business. That's how I was able to scale it so fast because I had a business and it's not that hard. Even though I keep saying it's a business, I'll show you, like get my free course, I'll literally show you how to do it. But when you build that business, find the right experts, Zillow's not an expert, Trulia, Redfin, like all those websites, they're just databases. They're companies that are just trying to sell this information and get ads. We hire, the. this is what it looks like building a business. We find a good area of the country, anywhere in the country, that has good properties that we want to buy and that make us good money and passive income. Then we find the right property managers, the people to manage a property. It'd be like if you find any property manager, it'd be like setting up your own convenience store, do all that work and just grab somebody off the street and say, hey, you have a pulse, come manage my money, come manage my inventory, come manage my customers, come manage everything. No, you wouldn't do that. You would actually interview lots and lots of people before you pitch somebody. Same thing with real estate investing your property manager, that's your manager of your company. That's like the quarterback of your entire team. Then we make sure we get funding, right? Mortgage brokers to hard money lenders, private money lenders, all these different ways. I know of four, I've literally done 14 different ways to get financed and to buy properties. And then from there, we find handymen, contractors, insurance agents, every like literally every single person in the business before we buy any properties because they are the ones that are gonna tell us you're doing this right. You're doing this wrong. Don't do that. If a property manager comes to you and says, I'm not going to manage that property, like after you bought it, because if you listen to the other quote unquote gurus out there that teach you how to invest in real estate, what they'll do is they'll say, find a property anywhere and you run the numbers. Basically, you make sure you make a little bit more money in passive income, like $50 or so. They might even say, you don't even need that. You get appreciation, which we don't invest for appreciation. I tell you that right now. I'm going to give these properties to my kids. So with that, you run the numbers, make sure you make a little bit of money in passive income. Then you spend thousands of dollars to buy the property, then spend thousands of dollars to fix up the property, and then you find a tenant to live in there, and then you find a property manager. In my opinion, that's just about backwards. What we do is we start with a city that has good inventory. Then we find the right property managers. This is what happens. I get a lot of students come to me. 
say, Dustin, I bought a house. I didn't know what I was doing and I bought a house and I did everything the guru said. And then I went to find a property manager and all the property managers said, I'm not going to manage that property. I'll get shot if I go there. You no longer have an asset anymore. You have a liability. So what we do is we build the business first and the property managers, not your realtor. Your realtor just wants to make a sale. Now, if I affect or insult the realtors, you just got to take it because this is literally how it comes across. And I've talked with hundreds and hundreds and my students have. If you look out for the best interest of the investor, that their long-term goal is to hold onto these properties and protect them to make sure that somebody's gonna manage it, you're gonna do so much better with investors like me. I buy properties off good realtors who actually give me good properties in good areas that make sure I'm gonna make money. So quickly getting back to building the business, what we do is we build the business and every property that we buy is a piece of inventory that we put into the business. And if we do this, it runs itself. I don't want to work at all. In fact, there's a book called The 4-Hour Work Week. I think working four hours a week would be good for most people, but I think it's also working. It's for suckers. I don't want to work four hours a week. I don't want to work four hours a month. I basically maybe work 30 minutes a month on all of my 30 plus properties because I just grab the property management statements, make sure everything looks good, then put it away because I've given my property managers business processes and systems and procedures to follow that they already follow. And I've already been doing it for 15 years now. And now I just go back to playing with my kids because I have everything running on its own. Okay. The name of the podcast is Boomex Show, but the sub headline is Laws of Money. And so you and I are going to come up with a law of money related to your business, rental properties, that we can describe in one, possibly two sentences. And here's what I think it could be. Talk to me about the role of a real estate agent. Is there really a need for engagement with a real estate professional? Now, I understand the seller most likely has an agent and most likely the commission that's being paid is coming from the seller. Is that correct? Yes. Right. So we're not really worried about it very much, really, because we're buying. One thing that bothers me is just in a hot market, we should talk about the market, but that aside, let's just put that on the table, the back burner. Do we really have to worry about the contract or the transaction or the close, considering the fact that we're basically just using model forms? You're getting on the right track and the right question. So with realtors, absolutely not. I bought so many properties without realtors. In fact, I prefer not using a realtor because I know, number one, I know what I'm doing. But if you really realize what a realtor does, all they do is pair up a buyer and a seller. That's really what they do. And they facilitate a contract, which you can do yourself. And all they do from there is they give it to a title company, which the buyer and seller pays the title company to do all the work the realtor has done. That's all they did. And so now, what, here's a tip for anybody that wants to save money and make money on top of when you buy the house. What we do is I work directly with the seller's realtor. I say, hey, seller's realtor, you're already getting 3% from them. How about instead of getting 3% from me, why don't I work with you as the buyer realtor? And from that, I'll give you 2.5%. Let me keep one half or half a percent so that I can repair. Usually they'll all say yes, because they're getting 5.5%. Anyways, all that to say, realtors are just one way to find properties. I find properties through other investors, through title companies, my property manager, other investor groups. Realtors, they're a dime a dozen. And so I have so many different ways to find properties on top of using realtors. Is the buyer obligated to pay a commission? 
to the realtor? No, but there is a buyer commission. So, if you so. want to buy a property, you can use your own personal buyer's realtor, but I usually don't, unless a realtor brings it to me, right. which I have integrity. If they bring it to me, I'm like, great, you did a great job. Let me make sure that I buy it through you. But if I find it, I'm not gonna go find a realtor to then represent me. No, I'm an investor, I know what I'm doing. And it's so easy to become a realtor. Like literally, a school teacher, I'm not saying anything bad about this A lot process, of realtors are school teachers. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, let me make a little bit of extra money being a realtor. It's so right. easy to do right. that. Right. Okay, now, how about this? Uh, most of my students have pretty substantial retirement accounts. And one of the things I'm curious about is how am I going to finance this? Like what mm -hmm. assets are the best assets to use to purchase in real estate? And can I use my retirement account to do that? 100%. So I'll give you a couple different examples of how to use a retirement account. So what I personally did, because you know I was like, what, 35 years old, 32, somewhere around there, I cashed out my entire retirement account because even with the taxes and penalties and stuff like that, I make so much more money in real estate, so I didn't care. It literally is like, oh, it's just a, oh, I just have to do that. It's silly for me for putting it in there and pull it out. That's one way. Another way is instead of pulling it all out at once, what I teach my students is another, two other great options. One, if you want to just pull it out, little at a time per deal. Let's say you have $300,000 in your retirement account and you find a house that may be $120,000. Well, just pull out that little bit that, you know, 120 to buy that house, then refinance it, cash out, get that cash back out because, you know, you use cash to buy it. Then you refinance that house because there's no note or no loan on it. Then you pull that cash back out and then you pay taxes or whatever it might be. The other way is a self-directed IRA that I think is fantastic, especially if you're getting really close to retirement age, don't get that penalty. And you're already hopefully making money. You have other ways to make money. It's because I did this quitting my job. I only needed to feed my family. So I needed that money right now. You might need it like three or four years from now. You'd be like, I just want to do a self-directed IRA. And all that really means is you are the person making sure that money is being invested in a certain way. If you do a 401k, IRA, what they're gonna do, you give it to somebody and they buy stocks, they buy mutual funds or whatever it might be, they buy other things. But with a self-directed IRA, you don't have to hire somebody to actually manage your money. You buy a property, it makes you money in passive income. Now, the whole caveat is you can't personally touch the money. It has to go back into that same account, that self-directed IRA account. It's just growing inside of there. So when you come the age to pull out, then you have that much more money that's tax-free. If it's a, obviously if it's a Roth, but what you've done is you utilize this to make sure that you're growing your wealth. And in the future, when you are able to retire, you have so much more money. So like with a stock market, like we. I believe the stock market's gonna keep going down. It's not looking very good. And so if you were able to cash it out right now or put move it from the stocks, cash out the stocks, leave it in the IRA, then get a self-directed IRA where you move everything over and start buying real estate. I honestly, I, Daryl, I gotta say this, because we can perceive that the real estate market's gonna be pretty bad. Like right now it's rough, but it's been a seller's market. And like, oh, what's gonna happen with interest rates and all that sort of stuff? I gotta say, as an investor, I started investing back in 2006. I am so excited about this new change in what's gonna happen in the market. I'm gonna buy so many properties. Back in 2010 was the best time in recent history ever to buy real estate. Things were a fraction of what they should have been. I think in the next one to two years, it's gonna start heading, I don't know if it's gonna be as bad, but it's gonna start heading in that direction where if you're ready, 
if you already have everything in place, the knowledge, let's say you have your uh, self-directed IRA or you have funds or cash to be able to buy the property, you're going to make so much money investing in real estate. And the big thing is make sure you do it right. That's the big thing, right. get education. But I am so excited for this next couple years for real estate investing. Okay, so I'm assuming that what you're trying to say is the market's going to start flipping to a buyer's market. Is that? 100%. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, now, so on the IRA thing, many of my listeners do not know, and they've never heard that the tax code does not disallow you from investing in anything except for life insurance policies, alcohol. <laughs> You can't buy alcohol <laughs> with your IRA. And if you're like, well, of course, in particular, what people were doing is they were buying wine collections that were in their wine cellar. Like, this is the IRA part of the wine. And the IRA is like, no, no, because there are things, there is a rule. You can't invest in real estate or life insurance. You can't invest in collectibles, some weird collectibles. You can't invest in alcohol. Pretty Other than that, I think that's the only thing that's prohibited, you can absolutely invest in anything with your IRA with some certain rules. I think this will be the law of money that we come up with, Dustin. But for example, I meant to ask you, when are you flying out? Tomorrow morning. Okay. So what are you doing tonight? I don't have any plans. Okay. So I'm going to make a pitch. The Seattle Seahawks are playing Dallas 20 miles from here. Right <laughs> Now, I actually met a dude that bought and sold tickets. Sporting uh -huh. event, event tickets with his IRA money. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I thought, okay, how's that going to work? As long as it's not a prohibited transaction, it's perfectly fine. It can't be like you can't sell your box seats, but it's just an asset. You can Anything that you can buy for price A and sell for price B, that's an investment. And so real estate is allowed. You can purchase real estate with an IRA money. Now, the difficulty is the custodian plan administrator. Yes. And so let's talk about that for a minute. There's not, my knowledge, there's only like three or four in the country. Uh, I know there are a number of them. Oh, but okay. One that I personally suggest my students use is Rocket Dollar. They've been really good to, for all of my students and they handle everything. They say it's like a checkbook style IRA where you can write checks out because you have to pay expenses, pay your property manager or whatever it might be, but you got to put that money back in. But I really like Rocket Dollar. They've been right. working out really well for my students. Can you summarize the prohibited transaction rule if you know it for the listeners? No, I don't know it. I just know that real estate investing is one that you can. It's not that right. prohibited. But then Rocket Dollar, they will tell you. There's so many other like you can invest in crypto with your self-directed IRA. Obviously real estate. You can invest in other people's businesses too. Right. You literally can't. There's so many other things. And like I said, Rocket Dollar, they actually have so much education because there's not a whole ton out there. And like you said, there's not a lot of companies doing this. So they try to educate their people very, very well. So it's basically on autopilot in, in terms of the rules of prohibitive transactions orbit around this idea that you're not personally benefiting in a way that's inappropriate, that it has to be saved for retirement. And like retirement accounts have strict rules, uh, number one, about its purpose, but number two, that you know, you're not losing your IRA status because you did something wrong. And most of the transactions that I've seen, the real estate is an owned by a limited liability company. And that transactions, as we pointed out on the Boom Extra Lives of Money podcast and in the academy, changes the real estate or changes what you own from real estate to personal. Just by that transfer of real estate into an LLC, the law says, oh, you used to own dirt. Now you own intangible personal property. It's very cool. It's like magic in just that one filing. And then the plant, the trust, I misspoke, the IRA is actually the shareholder of the LLC. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> right? Yes. That's how you do it. And as long as you're not like renting out a spare bedroom in your own home, <laughs> 
then you won't trip on the prohibited transactions. It sounds like Rocket, I was going to say Rocket Rock, Dollar, Rocket Dollar yes. isn't going to let you do that anyway. So they'll, that, they'll that's awesome. definitely help you out through that. And the reason why we love using the Rocket Dollar or just really the self-directed IRA is we already have the goal of getting to that point. So what I do love doing with my students, I love giving them all the different options that are out there. Because I'll give you a quick example of an option that you can do. So a lot of people think in order to buy a rental property, we need to find a realtor and a mortgage broker and put them together and buy a house. Well, that's just one way. There's so many other ways to do it. And so what I love to do is give all the options for my students, everything from, I have 14 different ways that I've gotten financing to buy properties, how I can actually make money when I buy the property, make money while I own the property, how I can make money pulling cash out to actually buy the next property. There's so many different options out there. And so what I'd love doing with my students, I give them, hey, here are the options, here are the outcomes of what's gonna happen because I've literally done them all. And I've coached a lot of people how to do it as well. And so with that, the person, my student, they're the ones that have their own risk tolerances, their own goals, their own situations. And so they need to make the best decision. I just give them the big broad picture of all the different ways and they make the best decision. So if their best decision, what they want and their goal is to, hey, in four years, I can pull out my money. And so how can I grow it now in my self-directed IRA so I could then pull in four years? Let's do that. Other students, I literally have students that are like, let's say 24 years old. And they're like, man, I have this IRA of $50,000 in there. I wanna use it now and I want to make money from now. I said, well, what I did is I cashed it all out and I bought properties with it. We can do that too. We can even use, here's another creative way. We could even use your home equity in your property, the home that you live in, to buy another property. I'll give you a quick example of what this looks like. So I have one student, he's a pastor in Sacramento, California. Doesn't make much money, but he owns a house and it's appreciated plenty. And so he has like a $200,000 equity, maybe even more, like $300,000. So we, I helped him to get a home equity line of credit on that house. Then he took that money, bought a house. So because we're an investor, we buy it for cheaper than it's worth. So they were asking like $120,000. We got it for $70,000, which is great. He put about $20,000 into it, got it rented, $90,000 total, and then had it reappraised and bought it, or not bought it, uh, had it reappraised. It was $150,000 reappraisal. It's renting, it's making him money. So remember, he bought it with his home equity. So this new house doesn't have a mortgage. Now he has his home equity, he's paying on his own house, but now what we do is we refinance this rental property, pull the cash back out, pay off of your home equity line of credit, you're still making money on this first one, on this rental property, your home equity line of credit is gone or it's paid down, and you have this property that's making money in passive income, and you have all that money to do it all over again. So he's doing it over and over on a pastor's salary, Man, that's amazing. building up his generational wealth. That, that's leveraging money. That's owning your money. Having your money work for you. I love it. Listen, we need to wrap it up. Do not worry, Boomex listeners. All, everything that he said, all the links will be in the show notes. You can just click the button before. But in, in case you're in your car and we don't want you driving into the Mack truck in front of you, what was the website again? Masterpassiveincome.com. And forward slash free course. It yes, just see, it. There you all go. one word. Free, free course. Yeah, forward slash free course. All one word. I'll literally give it to you. I want to see you get started. I've had so many people either just so I have a podcast called Master Passive Income, which just me teaching. I don't really do interviews. It's just solo, just teaching how to do this. And I've even just yesterday, I got a message from a lady. She's I don't know, maybe thirty years old. She said, Dustin, just from listening to your podcast, 
I bought my first property. We're in a contract and it's gonna make us X amount of money in passive income. And people that get my course, the free course, I get messages all the time. Just because of your free course, I've got started investing. So I'll be completely honest, Daryl. So I don't really necessarily need to do any of this because I have my real estate. This is how I make my money. Right. And all of this is just fun. Like fun. hopefully it comes across like this is enjoyable for me. And then seeing my students buy their first property, it feels like I bought my first property all over again. And then them, quitting their jobs and because that's their goal because other people have different goals but their goal some of them are to quit their job I get so much more I'm like I feel like I quit my job all over again and so my goal is to make sure that all of my students like we see their goal and we try to help them reach that goal with whatever risk tolerances and everything that they have but when we do that it changes everything so yeah I love talking about this I have my YouTube channel Master Passive Income same thing with a podcast Master Passive Income as well if you're listening to the podcast version you can't really actually see it if you're in the YouTube version he's like bouncing literally <laughs> bouncing out of a chair he's so excited about it so I just had to make sure I got that on video man it's been a pleasure having you on the show you'll definitely come back we've got a lot to talk about and finish. thank you so much thank you Daryl I appreciate it okay that's it for now we'll see you next time on the Boom X Show Lives of Money Podcast awesome wait 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 hi this is Daryl Tuttle again and this is what they call the outro Thank you for listening. I hope you liked the show. If I said something too quickly, you can go to boomxshow.com to check out the episode page, the notes, resources, all kinds of things. Check it out. Boomxshow.com. Okay, okay, now you can do the music. Yes, now. I don't know. I thought that was good. You think that was good? All in one take? Not bad. Oh, God. Where'd everybody go? Hello? Alone again.